everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. We are back with another graphic novelties. We've had a lot of these lately. Yeah, we've been reading a lot of graphic novels. But they're great, and we're glad to be able Get to share them with them you. Because they are content fools. <laughs> anyway, today we are talking about Cuckoo from Joe Sparrow. This is a book that I recently crowdfunded on Kickstarter. Uh, it's coming out of a company called Shortbox. You can actually find it on their website for £17. Which, for those of us in America, translates to like $20 and change. Um, you can find this on there. You can also find another... I don't know what order these episodes are going to come out of, but we're recording them in a weird order. Uh, but we're doing another Joe, Joe Sparrow episode for Homunculus. Uh, you can also find that one on there. In that episode, I'm a doof, and I say I don't know where to find it, and I'm just recovering and covering my tracks here. <laughs> so you can also find that one on there, uh, whether that episode comes out after or before this. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> now past, you know. <laughs> past or future selves. Uh, but this is Cuckoo. We are talking about Cuckoo. This uh, book revolves around Dorothy Weaver, a young woman of the age 19 in, I believe, in London. I'm yeah, I think sure it's, in London. I'm pretty sure um, London. Where Joe Sparrow is from. Uh, as she navigates life. She's 19 years old. She's going to vocational college for art. Uh, taking some art classes. Her mom and dad have split and are probably divorcing. Her mom has unfortunately recently lost her job. Uh, her mom is an accountant. Her dad is a maths professor. Uh, she spends about 50-50 time with them when she can, and she's just living life, and unfortunately struggling with anxiety. She has panic attacks, uh, she catastrophizes, uh, which is where you build one problem into the next problem before it's all weighed down on you. Uh, and that's who she is, and then one day she drops a bunch of charcoal on the ground as she's leaving class, and when she she blacks out briefly, when she comes to, it's all in, like, geometric patterns. This sets off a train of events where she starts to remember a childhood incident, which we actually see in the first moments of the book, wherein a meteor landed in her garden. Uh, she went out to investigate it. It turned into some weird geometric spider creature uh, and touched her on the brain, and then she woke up passed out in the garden and got carried into her home by her mother and father. Uh, what we start to see is that this incident may have resulted in her having some pretty supernatural powers. We don't know why. She doesn't know why. She's really freaked out about it. She goes to test it one day, causing a bit of chaos at the school. When she's nervous about getting caught, she hears a voice in her head, and that's when she is connected with someone else who witnessed these meteors and received powers named Ellie. And we follow along as she not only trains with Ellie to develop her powers, as well as figure out why they have them, but also develops a friendship with Ellie and starts to learn more about herself and more about how to handle her anxiety and how to handle her mental health uh, issues and how to handle the world around her and how to become what she feels she's meant to be t thoughts i really enjoyed this novel i thought it was beautiful and um i thought kind of from start to finish it does an incredible job of realistically building a character that is relatable and understandable mm -hmm. um 
And I think what's really cool about this book is that it's like a superhero origin story, right? Like, we're learning about this person who gets superpowers and can do things and can move stuff with their mind and talk telepathically and do all these things. But that's not what the story's about, right? Like, the story is about Dorothy dealing with anxiety, Dorothy dealing with her career choices, Dorothy dealing with her familiar familial situation. Like mm-hmm. it's it's Dorothy not being good at friends. It's Dorothy trying to figure out her purpose and it's incredibly freaking relatable, right? Like I have so many people in my life who struggle with anxiety and catastrophizing and mm being overwhelmed and not knowing their purpose and hey it's me (laughs) i'm the problem it's me it's true (laughs) and i honestly while i love dorothy and i appreciated dorothy i very much related to ellie who just kind of wants to have a good time and watches their friend and this person that they care about struggle and not be able to get out of their head and not be able to Mm -hmm. move forward. Mm -hmm. And it's like trying to show them, I love you and everything's okay, but I don't know how to fix your brain and I want to help fix your brain and I want to help support you and do everything I can, but I'm not always going to do it right. And I'm just trying to help and be here for you. And I'm always around, you know, like, Ellie is an amazing example of the right way to handle a friend struggling with mental health. She doesn't put the pressure on nope. her friend. She understands when her friend needs space. Yep. Especially at a big point, at a big moment in this book, her friend's like, I'm going to be away for a while. And Ellie's like, cool, just come back. You know, yeah. just let me know I'll when, be here. when you're back. Hit me up. It's not even like, cool, just come back. It's like, whenever you get back. Hit me up. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here no matter what. Um, you know. I know how to get in touch with you. And, you know, there's some moments where <clears throat> her friend freaks out and she reminds her friend of the techniques that her friend taught her. She doesn't go onto the internet and find techniques and try to tell her friend how to do it. She uses the techniques that her friend once taught her. Yep. And says, these are the things you told me works. So, so you just need to reminder, yep. let's do those. And it's never any of her relationship to Dorothy and Dorothy's issues and Dorothy's attacks and Dorothy's anxiety is never like, hey, do this. It's just like, come along with me as I do this. How can let's I support go, you? Let's go for a walk. Let's have some fun. Let's get out of like, let's get some air. Let's. Do these breathing techniques. I'm doing them with you. Yep. It's supportive. It's being there along the ride with somebody as opposed to being a wall that they have to hit and get through. Um, it's incredibly well done. It, if you're ever, if you yourself are a friend of somebody with issues and struggling to deal with it, like struggling to relate to them or struggling to help them, just read this book. Do what Ellie does. Be be there like that's be available exactly that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that they want to get in and they want to fix they want to treat you like a car engine they want (laughs) to get in and they want to tweak and fix but it's really more about just being adjacent to it yeah letting them know that they're not being ignored but then you're not pressuring them into doing anything yep you want to take them with you 
into a healthier zone. Right. You are coming with them and you're willing to go at their pace. And this, this is true for a lot of things. It's true for various types of anxiety, depression. There are extreme things that need outward help, like an intervention, therapy, medication, like extreme choices are good for a lot of these, but in these like day to day moments, this is how you handle it. You know, it's, it's, just being there, just creating that space and being like, let's go. Yep. Is such a great way. And Ellie's a wonderful character. She's a fantastic character. Dorothy's a great character. I love Dorothy and I love seeing Dorothy's growth in this. They're both so real. Exactly. And I think that's yeah. huge. Like a lot of the times you see representation of anxiety or depression or, you know, panic or whatever um, in media. And it always feels either like an extreme or... Or it's solved by the end of the 30-minute episode, Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't feel genuine. This feels very real. This feels like, oh, okay, so I'm guessing that Joe Sparrow probably has some anxiety disorder. Mm. Because that, you know, you're talking talking real truth here. (laughs) Yeah. He does, I think on his website, he mentions, I forget what he said. I was on his website earlier, and he does mention that he does, like, negative self-talk and stuff like that his i love his profile because his profile on everything on every book he does and on his website is uh joe sparrow is an annie award-winning and eisner nominated writer artist and arguable human who makes animation and comics <laughs> and for those who don't know joe sparrow is an artist living in london uh he has done a good few different comics web comics animations uh, including doing a section of animation for the Arctic Monkeys uh, Do I Want to Know video, which I keep bringing up because I just love it so much. <laughs> I love that video. I love that song. Uh, and it's cool that, you know, he's now done this. His art style is very reminiscent of uh, things like Adventure Time, Steven Universe, Lumberjanes. Uh, it's got that very cartoony style where every character has like a very unique way of looking you know colors yeah they're they're all different colored skin and they have just like a really unique style to them they're not like this is a human who wears a hat and this one's a human who like ellie for instance constantly has her hair down in her face so we only ever see one eye uh so she's basically a cyclops and dorothy is blue and dorothy's blue and it's (laughs) uh i dig that I, i like that art style a lot this one, uh, I will say, is deceptively... I read Homunculus before this, which Homunculus, though deep and very uh, tragic, is technically like an all-ages kind of thing. Like, it, it doesn't have swear words or gore or anything in it. It does have death and loss, but, you know, and violence. But younger audiences could appreciate it. Uh, this one has a lot of F-bombs. It's yes. a 19-year-old kid in London. You know what I mean? But it doesn't have, like, nudity or drugs or drinking or, or sex, sex or, any that. or anything like that. It's very, uh, still very family-friendly. So if you have a younger reader and you're fine with them hearing F-bombs, you're like, I let them watch Rick and Morty, then it's, like, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know they're Fair. five, but dang, do they love that Mr. Poopy butthole. Uh <laughs> If you're if you're startled by this, you'd be surprised how realistic this okay. is. Great mothering there, Brenda. Um, <laughs> but you know, different different strokes for different 
parental folks, so uh, they'd probably be fine reading it. That is one thing that, you know, we briefly grazed upon across this not having sex and stuff, but it's cool. It's cool that it doesn't dive into that kind of stuff. It's not about that. No. It's not about Dorothy finding an awakening or figuring out who she is or liking her life better because she found romance or because she found sex or because she, you know, oftentimes you'll see this a lot in um music biopics. I, I was the last music biopic I watched, I think, was the Bohemian Rhapsody one. And I was reflecting on this about how <laughs> so many music biopics, if you really wanted to take like a superficial, weird take on them, you could be like, oh, and I was listening to the Across the Universe soundtrack and it's got like a similar vibe <laughs> there. If you wanted to boil down their message in the worst way, you could boil them down to do drugs the drugs won't make you feel better, but when you're done doing drugs, you'll feel better. Because <laughs> they do. They all go into a pattern of person is happy, content with life, starts doing drugs, messes up all their relationship, gets away from the drugs. Life is better than it was before they even started drugs. Yeah. And it's like... yeah. The If you wanted to boil down their message in a really weird way, and I'm not saying this is what their actual message is. I was just kind of laughing because they all do this. Yeah, they do. You could boil their message down if you wanted to get the complete wrong message to ruin your life by doing drugs and then life will be greater once you're done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Life on the other side is even yeah. better. Life on the other side of rock bottom, way better than not having a rock bottom. <laughs> you know? And they, they didn't do that in this. It didn't. No. It wasn't her like, you know, meeting some friends or gaining some confidence, going out, doing a bunch of drugs, realizing that, you know, this isn't who she wants to be. And then going off and finding Ellie or whoever was there before the rock bottom and being like, I'm sorry, man. And then suddenly her life's way better. Um, it's a, honestly Mean Girls does that. Yeah, to an extent. It's true. It's, you know, if the if the mean girl is the drugs, it's like. Hit rock bottom, make all your friends hate you, go apologize to those friends and get away from whatever made you hit rock bottom and things will be even sweeter, yeah. you know? And it's like, it's an interesting story arc, but they don't do that. They don't. I was fully expecting know? at some point, um, I, I, because I'm so, um, uh, uh, tempered by traditional storytelling. Mm -hmm. I was fully expecting Dorothy and Ellie to end up to in a relationship, a relationship in yeah. this book. Um, it it sort of like felt like it was setting it up that way, and that never happens. And I love that. Yeah, hey. I love that platonic friendship can just exist. <laughs> I yeah, I'm always super appreciative when a platonic relationship is the focal point. When it's it's given value over romantic relationships. Yeah. Because platonic relationships can be way more important to a lot of people yep. than romantic relationships. Yep. There are people that don't want romantic relationships yep. or will have a hard time finding them for a long time, maybe. Yep. And it's we need to support platonic relationships being as valuable to somebody's life. Yep. And so much in media, they take the like secondary tier. They're like, they're good, but they're no romantic relationship. And it's like, that hurts for a lot of people. And I think it's why we have so many people, especially in my generation, who 
are having a hard time finding that or it took them a long time to get there and they feel bad about that you know normalize they have great social relationships great platonic relationships yep. but they still feel like they're missing because of that lack of romance normalize platonic relationships being the primary support structure in someone's life mm -hmm. not romantic relationships not familial relationships platonic relationships because by and large especially in our generation that's the truth yeah you know and i'm i i won't get too deep into this because this is a different conversation for another day and i'm not going to make sexual orientation claims on a character that doesn't make any claims about their sexual orientation but uh i'm a huge proponent of more asexual media yeah i think there needs to be more representation of asexual characters i agree uh, just like there needs to be more representation of like non-binary characters, especially when it's necessary. Like, let's stop calling robots he's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but again, that's a different conversation for a different day. But this book is very friendly to that. I think what's probably the most fascinating for me about the storytelling is this book is that it's start to finish endless growth. Yep, absolutely. You don't have a needless falling out moment between Ellie Nope. It's very realistic in how it's told. There's moments where their connection lulls um, because they go on break and stuff like that. Like yeah. school goes on break and Ellie goes up north to visit her folks. And they have kind of a chaotic moment where uh, Dorothy gets really freaked out at one point and like runs home. Uh, but there's never like a, you know, there, there's a big moment where and this might be spoilers, but there's a big moment where Dorothy gets hurt. Yep. And it's weird because yep. of what's happening to them. Um, and she runs home and Ellie's like, Dorothy, wait, oh my God. But it isn't like Ellie gets or Dorothy gets up and is like, this is, this is happening because of you. I didn't want any of this. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm going to put all my projection and anger on you because the only way of storytelling is splitting up characters um she just gets freaked out and runs home and there's also no instances you know. of just like inherently poor communication to further the plot development yeah. which is also a really annoying plot point that people keep putting into media yeah. that is if anyone ever talked like normal human beings most of the movies and and media that we consume wouldn't exist yeah um but that doesn't happen there's not like a moment where like you know something happens and ellie's like you didn't I assumed this. Well, I assumed this. And then yeah. they weren't friends or whatever. Like ever, there's just lots of transparency and that's how friends are supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's, it does have a very kind of hanging ending. Uh, it does have an ending that admittedly made me a little, it was bittersweet. It was yeah. a bittersweet ending. Um, it was sad in some ways and, I knew it's the best ending for Dorothy. Yep. So that, you know, is nice. Um, it has some weird kind of simulacra stuff in it. Uh, felt very reminiscent of Soma. This kind of idea of if your memories live on, but in a different body, are you technically dead? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which was cool. Um, but I I just really liked start to finish 200 something pages 216 pages 
being able to watch Dorothy grow. We were, it's a slice of life. We're in just like a little bit of her life for the most part. We see the flash of what happened to her in childhood, but for the most part, we're in these few months of her at the age of 19. Yep. You know, it goes over one holiday break. So it's like two semesters of college. Um, and we see, we just see her grow and we see her deal with this stuff. And these powers and dealing with these powers and learning these powers are happening parallel to her learning how to deal with the world, learning how to deal with her anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's, you know, the, the powers are presented as kind of a pastiche of her mental growth and her emotional growth right happening parallel to this uh and ultimately she approaches all three problems with the same answer at the end like i'm going to take care of this by doing this thing uh and it's cool it's it's neat it was just really lovely like it was just a really lovely read it never felt laggy it never felt like it wasn't forward progression it never felt like it was too long or too short it just it was well thought out and well executed. Joe Sparrow's art, fantastic. Writing, fantastic. The characters were great. This was a wonderful book. This was, this a great was book. really, really good. Uh, like I said, it's available on Shortbox. Uh, it's not available on Amazon. Good. <laughs> Keep it that way. Uh, support the company directly. Support Joe Sparrow. Read this book. Yeah. Hit him up on Twitter, Instagram. If he has an Instagram, I know he has a Twitter. Uh, but hit him up on social media and be like, hey, we love this. Uh, I would love to see more more graphic novels come from this creator. I'm going to be keeping an eye on Kickstarter uh, for more and more of these. T, what are your final thoughts? Um, I, I don't know. I just, it was really nice reading a superhero book that wasn't really about being the superhero. It was, mm-hmm. it was really nice just reading like, you know, a book about, mental health and figuring out who you are and you know building friendships and also there's stuff that's weird and maybe aliens yeah <laughs> it's like which is kind of like it one of the things that i really liked about that this is gonna be my final words is that you know there's an introduction of like maybe aliens question mark shrug and it's like there's weird stuff that happens in our lives all the time that you know, could feel as weird or disjointed mm-hmm. or bizarre or unexpected mm-hmm. as aliens. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, with how, with how comedically chaotic the past like three, four years have been. If somebody came to me and was like, "Hey, we want to have a conversation with you because you're secretly an alien rock person." I'd be like, all right, yeah, come on in. Yeah, that checks out. Do you out. want a monster? <laughs> it's the only way I'm able to function, so I'm going to have one. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. And it's, you know, it's, I love stories that utilize supernatural stuff as a way of talking about, you know, kind of heavy concepts. Like, this, this one's all about identity, and it's all about, yep. like, like you said, figuring out who you are. Yep. And understanding that, you know, because she's constantly, because she catastrophized, she's constantly, and I'm sorry, final thoughts have turned into final thoughts. Um, (laughs) 
she's constantly like i'm crazy i'm damaged i'm broken i'm this anxiety makes me a worse person why can't i be normal? why can't i be normal why can't i stop being me and be them and you know it leads into an absolutely great comment that ellie makes where she's like i like you as you and that's something that a lot of people with mental health have to get they have to get to that point themselves they have to get to that point of saying even though i have anxiety even though i have depression i like me as me it's a part of me and i'm gonna work with it you know i'm going to struggle at times but it's it's still a part of me it's who i am and i love myself uh and loving yourself is is key um this is heavy (laughs) (laughs) moment of silence at the end but it's it's you know it's a big message and it's here and it's it's really cool and joe sparrow did a great job of delivering that very much you know using again the building of these powers as a parallel to dorothy's own emotional growth and how she's able to do both with the help of someone who cares about her uh and she's able to find herself by finally being honest with her parents and things like that it's so good it's really good cuckoo by joe sparrow big old big old thick boy beautiful art uh it's just wonderful get on short box uh we'll put a link in this and we'll put a link in the homunculus one too yeah uh, definitely boxes store so get on there we're not sponsored by the way by shortbox unless they want to (laughs) hey 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 shortbox call us i'll put on a british accent (laughs) challenge me fool i'll do it (laughs) do i have to put on a british accent if i get sponsored by a british company probably so oi governor nope i'm sorry i just lost that sponsorship well we ruined that anyway shortbox that was quick good to have you joe sparrow good to see you uh we love you create more yes please kickstart more i want to see more uh because this was fantastic so that's gonna do it for us uh if you want more incredibly rambly super heavy graphic novelties <laughs> you can find them on our website coverbpodcast.com that's right you can also follow us on social media we're on facebook and instagram at coverbpodcast Thank you again for listening. Get out there and be kind to a geometric rock spider. Um, (laughs) Go to a museum and steal a meteorite. Uh, Go to a century-old statue and turn it into Legos. Absolutely destroy it. Or, (laughs) you know, uh, go see the thing in a niche indie theater which is something they did in this book and i'm really jealous (laughs) anyway go have a great weekend be kind to one another as always i have been chris this has been t indeed and you have been rock monstering with With cover Cover b bye everybody